702. Bruce is on the money show. Well, the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, she is in South Africa this week after visiting Zambia today. And she's been telling the new government in Zambia that they really need to seriously restructure their debt, amongst a whole lot of other things. But she was saying today, uh, I see helpful signs in recent U.S. inflation data. Now, she's going to be meeting the finance minister of South Africa, Enoch Godongwana, later on this week. Meryl Pick, who's a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, on the line to us from Cape Town this evening. American inflation remains the biggest story in town, bigger, at least in the short term, than even the electricity crisis in South Africa, Meryl. Good evening, Bruce. Yes, and good evening to your listeners. Um, yeah. Inflation and, and it remains a debate as to, you know, transient, not transient, um, where will inflation eventually, um, settle? I think it probably is consensus that the base set last year for inflation was quite high. Um, but there are, there are camps who assume we will settle at the, um, norm of the last few decades of 2% or perhaps even below 2%. Um, and the rest, you think, will settle somewhere between three and four, i.e., at a structurally higher level um, than than the last two decades. I think certainly some of the drivers of inflation, to me, um, there are long-term structural themes in place. We've seen a long trend of globalization, for example, which has um, made everything cheaper for every consumer around the world. We started to see that fracture over the last few years, even before COVID. Um, but certainly, people trying to shore up their supply chains and be less dependent on China for everything. You know, that, that sounds great. It's, it makes supply chains more reliable, but also more expensive. There are many more of those trends that point to inflation being um, a bit stickier this time around. And I think there is an acknowledgement by many central bankers that although inflation is coming down, it's not racing down um, and that's why we're going to get further interest rate hikes possibly as much as 50 basis points again in South Africa as odd as that might be considering how long we've been raising and how much we've raised interest rates by that there is still some some fairly hard and fairly bitter medicine to come correct um, so I think why is US inflation particularly important um, for markets like us an open economy um, with a floating currency um, our our reserve bank has to keep pace with the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes or our currency comes under pressure. So, so much scrutiny on U.S. inflation. Why? Because it determines the path of their rate hikes and therefore uh, indirectly our rate hikes. Um, so, the more that inflation persists, the more likely it is that the U.S. continues with rate hikes, perhaps at a slower pace. That's what they've been flagging. Um, but it does mean that the longer it remains sticky, the further out the, the, the end of the rate hiking cycle is. But bear in mind, compared to long-term history, rates are actually not that high, uh, definitely not in the U.S. Um, and even in South Africa. No, they're not. But we've become quite spoiled in the last decade or so 
with this misplaced belief that perhaps inflation has finally been defeated, monetary policy can control it, and suddenly, oh my goodness me, guess what, surprise, a bit like Jack Nicholson stepping out with a knife in your scariest movie you've ever seen, inflation re-emerges. Um, and, and that brutal reality comes to, to, to bear once again, and, uh, and this is, yeah, it, it's quite scary. We've had the first two trading updates, so certainly the ones I've seen, uh, come out today yeah. from South African retailers, and it gives us, I suppose, the most up-to-date barometer on how the companies are faring, and by extension, how South African consumers are faring. Um, can we go through them individually? The first one uh, that came out this morning was Cash Build, and then we'll look at the Fashini Group. But uh, Cash Build, after yeah. booming during lockdowns as people did lots of renovations, um, struggled a bit. Has it recovered? Mm. Yeah, no, the, the downward trend for cash build continues over the weakness. Um, as you rightly point out, I think there was quite an elevated base during the COVID shutdown. A lot of people working from home, locked up in their homes, and a lot of attention, therefore, going to renovations, repairs, DIY, etc. Um, so, so that weakness is perhaps due to some of those base effects, but I think also the Low, you know, it could be indicative of the lower end consumer and the more rural based consumer being under pressure, which is where uh, cash flow has a lot of market share. Um, but it's certainly not painting an all round rosy picture um, for the consumer. And in an environment where interest rates are going up, um, we would expect things like home renovation, which often is funded through some sort of um, unsecured lending. Um, to come under pressure. Okay, so cash build is still uh, stuck in treacle. What about the Fushini Group? It's so massively diversified nowadays and it's got yeah. so many different irons and so many different fires. Is that strategy paying off? It would appear to be ticking over, you know, and, and delivering a reasonable top line of growth. You know, I think the two comparators we've seen in the last couple of weeks were Mr. Price and Woolworths. Fashini Group has come somewhere in the middle. If you look at the headline figures, it looks wonderful, 20% growth, etc. But the real thing to focus on is the like-for-like growth, which in the clothing division is about 65 and um, For South Africa as a whole, about five, just under 6%, 5.7. Um, the 20% headline number you know, includes acquisitions um, of the, the tapestry group, you know, which in, includes Curry Craft and other brands. So it's not a the twenty percent is not a clean comparison, but that close to six percent sales number is a pretty decent number because they've delivered um, consistent like for like growth over a number of years. You know, Woolworths on the other end was at eleven percent. Mr. Price, I think, was very low single digits, one or two percent. So, especially um, in the middle and quite consistent. I think um, the Australian region continues to be very strong despite whatever weakness, although there's some, um, some some COVID lockdown restrictions still in the base. The problem area here is the UK. So of the acquisitions that they've done outside of South Africa, um, clearly the UK has not um, lived up to expectations. We've seen goodwill right down there. But Australia has more than made up for that. Um, and they continue with the strategy of... Um, basically consolidating the South African footwear, clothing, and homeware market because they've just announced a, another small acquisition of street fever. So this combination of focusing on cash sales, bolt on acquisitions, and they haven't announced anything offshore in, in a while, which is probably a good good thing, means that they, that they've 
finding new sources of, of, of earnings growth. What would be great um, is to just keep seeing that like-for-like like sales number um, remaining in mid to high single digits. That would give you confidence. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, retail, some sectors of the retail sector have held up well, and those that are more actively managed and have been very flexible during various crises tend to do better over the long term. Uh, so far this year, it's the 23rd of January. We've had 23 days of load shedding. Um, of all the trading days this year, I think we've had only three negative days, which means we've had probably three or four times as many positive days as negative days. It's a great start to the year. Are you worried that the party stops at some time, Earl? You know, I think within the JSC, one really has to look through how much is tied to the domestic economy, how much is tied to just an all-out global, and how much is tied to China. And really about 40% of our index has a very strong um, correlation to how the Chinese economy is doing. And I think we're being carried for now, perhaps bailed out for now, by the China reopening trade. You know, um, that might have legs for the next 12, 6 to 12 months. But beyond that, we see um, growing recessionary concerns in, in the U.S. The, the Ukraine war is still ongoing. So um, I think we should, because of the China offset, the market should be okay for the next few months. But beyond that, there are long-term growth um, concerns. Even for China, there are long-term growth concerns. What we're seeing now is a is a bounce back. So I wouldn't um, get too excited. Get too excited. Essentially, South Africa's issues do affect um, clearly the, the the economy. It makes um, every company's lives harder. But you can see that's where astute management comes in because. In every crisis, there's room to consolidate, to take market share, to have clever strategies. But they are having to work a lot harder to grow um, profits than 10, 15 years ago, that's for sure. Spotting the ones that have got the good strategies, have got the agility, have got the balance sheet to execute on these, I think that's going to be um, make the difference between a winning and losing investor. Thank you, Meryl Peck, who is the Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. This is going to half past six. We saw Zulu now with the very latest in eyewitness.